Happy Friday, theater lovers. This week's guest is Andrea Hughes-Coleman. We nerd out about alphabetizing and spreadsheets, the beauty of live music, and of course, she shares some stories of her hilarious improv escapades. There's also an epilogue of sorts added to the end where on a different day, Andrea tells me all about the fabulous spreadsheet she has created for the Imperial Theatre. Andrea has an infectious laugh and a bright smile to match and is just the kind of lady you want to go for a beer with because you know it will be a blast. On with the show. Okay, so welcome, Andrea Hughes-Coleman, to Sarnia Famous. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I usually try to say at the beginning of an episode where I had the chance to work with someone if I did get that chance, and I worked with you uh, for my very first show with uh, Miracle on 34th Street. And so that feels like a hundred bazillion years ago already. But yeah, I got excited. I uh, want to jump right back into this because right before we started recording, you were telling me about fostering dogs and how today is a very special day. Yes, we're so excited. So we started fostering dogs about a year ago and Sunny is our second dog, foster dog, and We've had him since February and he's like nine years old and we've had like three applications for him and one was like an elderly lady in a wheelchair and he's nine but he's he's active he's he's got a little spunk so I said to the my foster coordinator I'm like you know I just think we should foster him forever and she goes well why don't you just adopt him and I said well we'd love to but the adoption fees are quite high so she said, well, I'll talk to the board, see if we can get it reduced. And she comes back and she says, How's, how does $50 sound? I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think we can handle that. Um, but Sunny, when we first got him, I took him to see a friend in Windsor. And I mistakenly left him alone in the, her guest room. And he ginsued her carpet. Oh, dear. Trying to get out. So that was a $700 oops. So I think they took that into consideration. <laughs> And they gave us the $50 adoption. <laughs> but he is a lovely little guy. He's a little terrier mix. And he's the sweetest soul. He's just very nice-natured little guy. And he just loves us. He follows us around everywhere. So to adopt him out at this point would just break my heart. Mm-hmm. And probably his too. So, yeah, he's sitting at my feet right now looking at me with his little amber eyes. Oh, and oh, He's adorable. That's so yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, today's his gotcha day paid for him today and filled up uh, or signed the contract and yeah so he's our forever dog now so we're pretty happy about that congratulations i love Thank that you. yeah he's so sweet i am I, i'm sure this is not really a secret anymore but i am definitely a bit crazy about my cats so i adore it when guests talk about their pets it's uh it's wonderful but yeah, like I um I can't believe that you guys foster though, and that it it's the second dog. Like I would just end up with all of them. That's something. Yeah. My husband has talked about fostering cats, and I have said mm. there's no way we will have all of them. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first little guy we had, um, Xander, he was lovely, but he was terrified of Richard, my husband, and which is strange because Rich is a lovely man, and but. For some reason, Xander was terrified of him. And so we decided that he needed to go to a home with no men. Yeah. So we found a lovely retired woman, um, and she had a dog named Archie. And I took 
Xander over there for a visit, and it was beautiful to see. They were just jumping around and playing. So she has Xander now, and and I said I said to her, "Well, you, you know, people ask you, you say you have dogs from A to Z." And she looked at me, and I said, "Well, Archie and Xander." <laughs> so and she sends me updates and pictures, Aww. and he's living his best life. And that just that that's why you foster, right? Because you, you want to give these dogs a, their their best life, right? Mm. Um. So, yeah. That's absolutely lovely. Uh, yeah, and you know, usually when animals are messed up for some reason, it has some something to do with some kind of trauma, right? Something that a human sure. did to them, and certainly mm-hmm. not your husband, but some man yeah. at some point that. Yeah, and he must have he must have like like looked like the guy or sounded like him yeah. or something, something because like he that. was fine with our other with our other male friends that came mm. over. He was fine, but it was just it was just Richie in it, and it was really hard for me to see because. Rich loves dogs as much as I do, yeah. so to see this dog being so terrified, it was heartbreaking. Of really. course. So, yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's hard not uh-huh. to take that personally, especially when you For just sure. have nothing but love to give the little furry fella. Exactly, right? Yeah. So now that you have adopted this one, will you continue to foster other ones? Uh, we would love to, but Sonny's not really fussy about other dogs. Fair enough. So we had... We had, there was a crossover. We had Xander and Sonny for about a week. And that was a little stressful because Xander just wanted to play. Mm. And Sonny didn't want anything to do with it. So we kind of had to keep them separate, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't think bringing another foster in right now would be a good idea, right? Well, that's good. You know those boundaries, right? And you're not Mm going to mess up the jive you got going now with the little guy. So that's wonderful. Mm Mm-hmm. So cute. I am super curious. The room that you're in right now, are those CDs or movies or? Uh, those are CDs. Yes. Wow. So oh, my gosh. There. Okay. So we have three more like that in the back room. Wow. And, and then we have a cabinet with probably about 800 albums. What? Yeah. We're, uh, yeah, we are, we are music junkies for sure. Concerts wow. and music and yeah. So what so kind last, of music? Rock, rock and roll mostly, and bands that people have never heard of that are fabulous. I think the only thing you won't find in our collection is um, rap or <laughs> opera or country. Yeah, so we're pretty much, like, I'm looking over here. It's, um, it starts with ACDC and ends down here with Frank Zappa, so and everything in between. You've got them alphabetized. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness, that's awesome. Oh, Absolutely. The librarian yeah. in me is like, yes, yes, oh, thank well, you, thank you. That, Applause. That's what I, like, I, I did document control and data management for decades, yeah. okay. right? So, yeah. Um, so, yes, and so not only they're in alphabetical order, I have a spreadsheet of them all, of course. You beautiful human. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You don't even know. That makes my heart happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, tell yeah. me, what do you think is the most obscure... CD or, or album that you have that you don't think anybody would know? Um, you ever heard of Porcupine Tree? No, no, I'm writing it down, though. Okay. What? Uh, let me see what else. Um, Drive-By Truckers. No. Uh, Mofro. Widespread Panic. Oh, yeah. that one, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, Government Mule. Um, yeah. There's lots. Yeah. Hmm. That people, you know, like some of the best bands that people have never heard of, right? 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, we are. Yeah, we we love our music for sure. So how do you find these obscure bands? Well, um, Richie, he's he's on a thing called Discogs. Okay. Right. So he he goes and he buys albums. Like every time I go to the post office, they just laugh at me because if there's a thing in there to pick up something, they they know when their packages come in. If there's anything that's shaped like an album, it's probably from probably. Richard Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, right chances on. are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right on. So, yeah. So you guys go to a lot of concerts and stuff too, or is it more the? Oh, we do. Home? Yeah, yeah. And actually, it's one thing I did during the pandemic was like I kept all my. I used to when I go to when I used to go to concert. Well, I take a little golf pencil and write down all the set lists, like every song they played. You oh, don't have cool. to do that anymore. You can just yeah, get yeah. it online. But, but I have every ticket stub for every concert. And during the pandemic, I did a spreadsheet, of course, of all Richie's concerts and all my concerts and then all the concerts we've been to together and there's probably over 700. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's life goals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. We just went, we were, I uh, went to see Roger Waters uh, a couple weeks ago in Toronto. That was fun. Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was fabulous. But I got a little bit of anxiety because I'm not used to being around 40,000 people. Yep. So at the end of the show, yeah. uh, we knew there was going to be no encore, so he was introducing the band, and I said to Rich, I said, I'll meet you outside. Yeah. There's the Scotiabank Center in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. So I went down the back stairs and right outside, because mm-hmm. I just, I, ah, that anxiety, I can't be around that many people. Yeah. Which is, which is weird for me, because I've always been, you know, like, I love big crowds and stuff, but not so much anymore. It's it changed, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's good that you know yourself well enough to know it's time for me to leave though right and then for sure. you can manage it before it escalates to a point where it's not manageable yeah yeah and actually that band i was talking about porcupine tree we're going to see them next month as well and they're uh, they're a little out there but it's it's all good right it's just the musicianship and, and stuff so it's fun right Live music, there's been bands that I don't care for, and then I've seen them live, and all of a sudden I'm like, hmm, these guys aren't too bad. It's just something about the, you know, the atmosphere with all the different people there and the electricity of that uh, collective mm. consumption of the music. Suddenly it just it just sounds so much better that way. It does. I like that, collective consumption. That's very good. I'm going to use that. Please do, because I'm sure I stole it from somebody. It's not a Dallas yeah. original, so you go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I guess I guess now we should talk about theater stuff. I we uh, we got a little sidetracked. That's kind of how that's I roll. <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, so tell me tell me how you got involved in in theater in Sarnia. Yeah, I've uh, well, I'm going in in like my 46th season with these guys. Wow. Yeah. So I, I got this. involved because my parents in the 70s, my my dad was a lighting designer. Uh, my mom is actually an award-winning uh, costume designer. Oh, wow. And and they they were at rehearsal all the time. So me being like, you know, 10 or 11 years old, would go down to the Campbell Street building with them and um, and hang out. And that's how I got involved. Um, I think my first show was in like 1975 or something like that. I, I worked backstage um, in makeup and I just loved it. You know, and then I was in the, the youth group as well. And... Yeah, it's just, you know, when you find your passion, right? It was just, uh, they, they brought me down there because I was bored at home all the time, so they bring <laughs> me to rehearsal. I'm like, 
well, this is really cool. Yeah, and I've, I've been there ever since. Right on. So um, so do you do you have siblings as well that... No, the, my brothers never got into it. Oh, okay. Because um, they were... They were they were teenagers and you know they they were just happy that my parents were out of the house so they could have a little party, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so they didn't yeah. get dragged so. down to the the theater because they were too bored at home. No, no, they were like, oh, you're going out again tonight, yay! Good for you. No, no. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um obviously a passion, right? Something that love to do and yeah. And it's nice to be able to get back into it again. And, mm-hmm. you know, I saw something rotten and it was like, I think the best thing that I've seen on that stage in a long, long time. Right. It was mm-hmm. so good. And mm-hmm. of course, love every single cast member. And it was, uh, it was such a great show. Just loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what, uh, what element of theater is, is your favorite or you feel most yourself when you're doing it? I love to be on stage. I also like to produce and and putting up those the front of house pictures is something that's you know it's not really time consuming but people love to look at the at the cast and crew pictures and you know me being my OCD you know all the labels have to be the same size mm. and all the pictures have to be lined up and I did a lot of stage managing like a lot of stage managing but as I get older it's like it's it's a lot of work and I have the utmost respect for stage managers. I just don't really want to do it anymore. I just don't have the energy, I think, you know, at every mm-hmm. rehearsal. And I just, so yeah, I, I, I enjoy producing because it's like um, the administration side and, you know, doing up the cast and crew lists and things like that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to be back on stage again. Hopefully that'll happen soon. It's been a while, so you kind of miss it, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Was there something you have your eye on that you're thinking of getting into? Um, I I don't know. I there, there's a show coming up I might read for, but I don't really want, I'm not sure. I have to, you know, I have to look at the scripts first and, yeah. you know, see, but yeah, I, I, I've got, I'm getting the itch again, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And you would never put me in a musical ever, ever. I do a really good Yoko Ono impersonation and that's about the only singing I could do, seriously. So that's, well, actually when we, I was in The Sound of Music, right? And Cy Gian Coleman was our musical director. And I went up to him and I filled out the form and I said, I, I just want to read for Frau Schmidt because that was the only non-singing female role. And he goes, Andrea, he goes, everybody can sing. And so I went, how do you solve a problem like Maria? And he's like, oh, marble mind. Well, I take it back. Um, so I, I, really, I really wish I could and I, and I just, I, I have the utmost respect for people that can sing, but I just, I, I can't do it. I just, yeah. So. I, I feel yeah. It's not it's not a skill that I have either. Um, no. No. And it does have people have said that to me on occasion too. And it's like mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I believe that. But you know, it's a good philosophy, I guess. Get more yeah. people to try. Yeah, like if I didn't have a microphone on and I could just mouth the words, I'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> just turn my sound down and everybody. Just turn my mic down. <laughs> And actually, that was funny. In the in the sound of music, there was myself, and um, I think his name was Max. He was a, a German exchange student, and Max and I were the only two in the entire cast that weren't mic'd because they're like, "Oh, we don't have any problem hearing either of you." <laughs> <laughs> I thought good. that was kind of cute. I thought that was kind of cute. It's like I've never, yeah, I've never been uh, told that I was too quiet. Put it that way. <laughs> I can relate to that. I am. I am not person when you're out for supper and you hear a woman laughing 
and she's really mm-hmm. loud and everyone else is quiet, that's me. I have, it's like, Oh yeah. Cool. Me too. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a, whenever yeah. I hear another woman in a restaurant that laughs loud, I'm like, that's my people over there. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. We should go for dinner sometime. Oh, yes, please. We can be two ladies <laughs> laughing loudly. You you never really hear that, do you? Two two ladies laughing loudly. It's only usually one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we can solve that problem. There we I'm go. Sure I love it. It's a plan. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, so, love being on stage. Is there mm-hmm. a, a play or a role or something that you um, wish would come up that you'd have the opportunity to do? Um, there is, actually. I don't know if it's on the playbill. I think I know they're talking about it, but there's mm-hmm. a, a Norm Foster show called um, Halfway There. And at the start of the pandemic, we used to do um, little Zoom room meetings and stuff, and we'd read scripts. And I read this script, and there's a role, um, Rita, and I'm like, okay, so if we do this part, or if we do this play, I just have to have that role. So, shout out to whoever's going to direct that. Pick me for Rita. No. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> it's one of those roles, like Lost in Yonkers. When I read that script, I was like, I have to play Aunt Bella. You know, it's one of those characters that just, you just fall in love with, and you want, and you need that to do that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, I hope we'll you get that happens. opportunity. Me it is, too. It's magical when you get that, uh, that mm-hmm. combination and the spark between yourself and that character. And, yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. magical. Mm-hmm. Um, have there been roles that you've done so far that you that kind of fit that, that magical balance for you? Well, yeah, Aunt Bella, for sure. And yes. the last time I was on stage in 33 Variations... And I played um, Dr. Gertrude Ladenberger, or Gertie. And it was weird because at the auditions, there was, like, not a lot of women came out, which was strange. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I was producing, and Henry um, Canino, who I love to pieces, she's a fabulous director, she just asked me to read it, right, because there was really nobody else there. And then I think we went to the ups and downs after, and she looked across the table, and she goes, so you're Gertie, right? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was weird because it was like out of because I, 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 I'm comedy I like I, I have the timing and everything for comedy this was not so much he was um, kind of an uptight German archivist hmm. okay so I can relate to the archivist yeah, I was part. just gonna say <laughs> but the accent so I'm thinking oh the accent so you, you know you go on YouTube and you're looking for accents and I'm like I'm gonna get a hold of my friend Ilka this gal that I used to work with who's German so her and I did Zoom sessions for like hour, like probably four or five hours all told. I'd send her over the scenes and we would read them together to get that accent. Wow. Right? So that was, that was very cool. And I had people come up to me saying, you know, I grew up in a German family and you just nailed that accent. And I was like, you know, that was thanks, thanks to my friend who, you know, spent all those hours with me reading the scenes over and over and you know yeah so that was that was that was very rewarding for sure there seems like there's a couple things that lined up perfectly for that the fact that there weren't a lot of ladies that were there because that never seems to happen in this town never and then how handy that you have a friend with the perfect accent who and the patience to teach it to you 
if that seems yeah. pretty meant to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would just, I would email her, like, I'd, I'd, you know, take pictures or whatever, or scan the scenes and send them over to her. And, you know, like, one time we go over, like, two scenes, and the next time we do it a couple more. And, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that was very cool. This is pretty cool. I think people probably pay a lot of money to have that kind of coaching. Yeah, you know, like a private like... tutor, it didn't cost me anything. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely meant to be. Mm-hmm. So does your does your hubs does he get involved in the theater stuff too? Oh uh, well, when I when I volunteer him, <laughs> actually he has um he's done like technical stuff right, and actually when I stage manage Night Sky, another uh, Henry Henry Canito directed show, he was he did all the projections. He didn't design them, but he was the one who ran them. Oh, okay. And. And that show, we got to Theatre Ontario for that show, and him and Frank and Henry won Outstanding Technical Achievement. Oh, right on. That was super cool. And here's me going, I've been in the theatre for 40 years, and, <laughs> you, and you win an award. No, he, he enjoys it, like, just, like, you know, you would never, ever, ever see him on stage or anything, but he'll, he'll do technical stuff. For sure, like he, yeah, running sound, or and him and I did spotlights for Forty Second Street, which was fun. He was on one side of the, like up in the balcony there. He was on one side, I was on the other side, and we we ran the follow spots, so that was kind of cool. So does that time yeah. together? Does that kind of become a, a an extra date night, or do you get along during that that time when you're? Oh, we get, we always get along, <laughs> oh, but I think it's. It's more, you know, obviously it's more my thing, and he's absolutely there to support me any way he can. But I think I think he just prefers to just, like, let me go to rehearsal and, you know, come and see the show and support it that way, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, my same kind of deal with my husband. If I, if I tell him he needs to show up because he needs some muscle or something like that, he's there in a heartbeat, and he's definitely mm-hmm. a, a number one fan, but not necessarily into it otherwise yeah for um like you know the move, moving the sets and stuff like that he would help out and actually his son um and his nephew got most of their volunteer hours through the theater oh moving sets and stuff right like coming to help you know set up and set construction and stuff like that so this is volunteer hours for school volunteer hours for school so when they were in high school they got pretty much all of their volunteer hours they need 40 hours they got most of oh. them through the theater Okay, is this a, a yeah. common thing? With I, I just don't remember that from Alberta. I'm wondering if that's like an Ontario. Yeah, and just thing. I don't know how recently it was, but when <laughs> I was in school, we never had to get 40 hours of volunteer. Yeah, you know, to graduate, we need 40 hours of volunteer work. Wow, wow, that's so a lot of hours. It is, and but you know what's really weird, and I don't agree with at all, is if you're in a production and you're in high school. Your, your rehearsal hours and your on-stage hours do not qualify you for that volunteer, the volunteer hours. Well, Isn't that crazy? But if you're building sets and stuff like that, it does? It does. And what that is, makes no sense to me. What? What? What's it? I know, right? That's crazy. Uh, I feel because like I need someone to explain that to me. Yeah, I don't know huh. what the parameters are or thought of that, but, um, you know, we have, you know, like, a lot of high school kids, right, are even in the youth group and stuff, and the time that they spend rehearsing a show doesn't count towards their volunteer hours. So somebody needs to look at that 
Yeah, that blows my mind. Especially, you know, some of these kids are using that toward a career, building a career down the road in theater. So you'd think, oh, I don't understand. That, I feel like I want to look into yeah. that. I feel like a scathing yeah. letter needs to be written. <laughs> I'm going to wrap me a letter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so have there been times where uh, your love for theater and your love for music have overlapped? Um, well, I love music. And I love theater, and I love musical theater. So yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, that's another thing in our collection. You won't find any. You won't find any show tunes or any, you know, like stuff like that. I enjoy going to musicals, but as I said, it's not. Yeah, it's. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> fair enough. It. Fair enough. You know what? Your answer was probably about as Thanks. succinct as they come. So hey, <laughs> I try to go into these interviews as unprepared as possible because I, I like the organic way that things, because I feel like, say, for instance, the, the conversation that we had at the start about your puppy or mm. your music, to me, if I had a list of questions, a list of questions makes me nervous. And I'd be like, yeah. reading this list to you and we would never have had that part of the conversation, which is important to me. But then I try to come up with these like on the fly questions and every once in a while in my head, I'm like, that's genius. It's going to come out perfectly. <laughs> and, then, and then not always, not always do they come out perfectly. <laughs> well, I was, I was chatting, I was telling you, I was chatting with uh, Ruth Franker earlier, right? Because I wasn't sure. Like, I mean, I listened, I've listened to the podcast, but I wasn't sure if it was video as well and stuff. And I was telling her about the dream nightmare that I had. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, we should talk about that. So that was so bizarre. So I had this dream nightmare, slash whatever, <laughs> that I was playing the Wicked Witch. And I didn't. I was running around backstage. I didn't have a costume. And I didn't know any of my lines. And the stage manager was going, places, places. And I was just like in a sweat because I didn't know my lines. I didn't have a costume. And then the next morning, I get up, and there's a message from you. Wicked <laughs> Witch, when we did, and I think, yeah, I produced that, I think. Yeah, I was a producer on Wizard of Oz, so wasn't that weird? <laughs> I thought that was so cool, in a weird way, going, ooh, Twilight Zone. Well, yeah, it was like a yeah. premonition, like you, I mean, you know, it's somewhat nonsensical, but at the same time, it is totally, it makes complete sense that you don't have, you, anyway, I, like, yeah, I've complete, I'm so glad that you brought that up, because I completely forgot about that, and it makes me think of another question, do you often have dreams like that, where you kind of have premonitions of things? Not really, no, <laughs> but I, I have had, I have had that dream, like, that I'm in a play and I don't know my lines and mm. I, you know, um, that happens to me quite a bit. It kind of reminds me of that play, The Actor's Nightmare, that one-act play where the guy's like running around and he doesn't know his lines and all these scenes are like totally nonsensical and he doesn't know what's going on. So yeah, I have that. I have those dreams quite a bit. Okay. And I wake up in a sleep going, oh, thank goodness, right? Because <laughs> that would be, that would be the worst. Like, or getting, or getting on stage and, and just totally having a dry and not, knowing right mm -hmm. that's only happened to me a few times and thank goodness but when it happens it's terrifying mm -hmm. right and luckily one one time it happened in sound of music and uh tara norman was uh, maria yeah is it maria sound of music yeah and we had a scene just the two of us and i totally blanked and she looked at me and she goes well at least i have my guitar 
oh, what, you won't be needing that. You know, it's like I looked at her, it's like I could just hug you right yeah. now. Thank you. And so you have to trust the people you're on stage with to get you out of, you know, the occasional, you know, brain fart moment where you have no idea what's coming up. Next, Absolutely. Right? It's such a vulnerable mm-hmm. place to be in. And it, I'm sure it's, it's in your eyes, right? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I, I need you. Yeah, terrified. I'm terrified right now. Help me. So do you have a strategy for that when you're learning your lines? Like, do you try to learn a little bit of everybody's lines or a little familiarity? I, I know. I generally, and actually, my dear friend Megan Hobb, or Megan Hadley, she um, ran the stage group for years, right? Her parents were, uh, Fred and Val were in the theater forever. And Megan and I were in the theater together since we were like 10 years old. And Sarah said to me, she goes, you not only know your own lines, you know, everybody's lines because i did i i want to know everybody's lines i want to know i want to know these characters these people that i'm with and what they're going to say next so it's not a matter of me just learning mine right you have to know everybody else's as well i think anyways as an actor because what happens something happens to them and they forget you need to know so you can help them if you need to right so i think it's important i think it's important for all actors to know everybody you know maybe not word for word but at least know the lines that are around yours and stuff right yeah for sure so that <clears throat> for yourself too so then if you miss something and they say a little tidbit of their line or you know having that familiarity even if you could improv it to get the mm-hmm. general idea and keep the scene moving it is, it yeah, is important for sure. For sure. yeah what are your thoughts on on improv i love improv okay. i actually so my, my job took me all, around, all across Canada, right, for about seven or eight years. I was in uh, PEI, Cape Breton, Vancouver, Northern BC. And when I was in Northern BC, uh, in Prince Rupert, they had a great arts community out there. Fabulous. And they had a little professional improv group, and they asked me to join them. And it was a blast. Yeah, we did um, this show. It ran for like six weeks, and it was called Days of Our Lies. <laughs> and it was just, and it was every week we'd we'd get together like half an hour before and we'd talk about what happened like the previous week and we just left we just get up there and roll with it and uh, my name was Gretchen Biggins and my mission was to get me some right <laughs> and it was so much fun it was so and we got paid and I'm like oh my All goodness right. I'm having this much fun and I'm getting paid oh, um yeah, so improv I yeah I. I'm pretty good at that. So it was uh, based on Days of Our Lives, I'm assuming, and yeah. like a, a little soap thing. Did it have? Yeah. It, and you got paid for this. This is pretty sweet. Yeah. Gig. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah. There was like six of us, six or seven of us, and yeah. And it was in this like uh, Prince Rupert, BC. Is like it's um, it's it's a kind of a you know it's like a blue collar roughy town, and but we did it in this bar and the. People would come back every week to see what happened, right? And at the end of it, I went on this uh, game show, and I won half of a, a, a boob job. So the next, <laughs> week, <laughs> the next week, I came out with one big boob, one small boob, one half of it. So I had to go back on the game show to win the other half. It was, it was like so much fun. And none because of because when was... you up, none of it was scripted at all. My goodness. No, we. Like we went out, we kind of had, we, we kind of knew our characters and, but we just went out there and just 
ran with it. And, you know, the first rule of improv is never say no. Mm -hmm. So wherever these, wherever it went, you followed along. And it went down some twisty, bendy paths, and it was a lot. It was so much fun. Yeah. And was it only suggestions from each other, or did you take suggestions from the audience as well? Uh, no, it was just, just between it, because it was like a, like a soap, right? So yeah. we just kept going. So it was just, um, yeah, it was just kind of between us, and we had some really out there characters, yeah. right? And they would go, and you just, you went with it. It yeah. didn't matter how out there it was, because you can't, it's improv. Never say no, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And it was good because in Prince Rupert, BC, I was there for 364 days, didn't quite make a year, and I saw the sun maybe, oh, geez, three months out of that year. You didn't see the sun for months and months and months oh at a time. Oh, my God. It has, it gets the, the least amount of direct sunlight. It's like, I think, either the top or the second place in the world for the least amount of sunlight. Huh. So, yeah. Actually, there was a family there from South Africa, and the husband and their kids were allergic to the sun. So that's oh. where they picked to live. That's smart. So, yeah. So, but you can imagine, and I just spent a year in Vancouver, too, and Vancouver didn't get a whole lot of sun either. But you can imagine, like, if you don't see the sun for literally months, I'm really, really thankful that they had such a such a robust arts community and yeah. theater because I needed I needed it. It was uh, it can get pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah. Right when you don't when you don't have that. Yeah. I was just wondering in terms of psychology what that would do, especially for an improv group, if that would kind of cultivate a, a more macabre sense of humor, or if it would, I don't know. I'm just wondering. Maybe you can maybe you could shine some light on that. And and how do you think it affected shine your sense of? Oh yeah. Oh look at that. Oh my gosh. I am so you funny. I didn't even realize it. Um. I I think I think we were just looking. Okay, so we didn't have we didn't have the sunlight, so we needed to find joy somehow. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we needed something to make us happy and to keep us going because yeah, it it rained like it literally rained for months Ugh. and could get super depressing um but you know i was out there to work so my work kept me really busy but you know when you get off work and you come back to your apartment and it's like oh, okay what do i do now right so at least there was like i said i wasn't even there for quite a year and i like i, I did the improv thing i stage managed a show we did a theater festival um so there was lots that way to keep me busy right to yeah. keep me from getting so depressed and you know you, it'd be easy to just like you get home from work and just lay on your couch and yeah. watch tv and do that right yeah um, because of yeah and you know being and being away from your family too as i said i spent like seven years working and you can get depressed right with of you know you don't have you don't have your family you don't have your people right um so yeah you have to find you have to find your joy where you can, right? So everywhere, actually, everywhere I went, I got involved with theater somehow, right? Nice. Except for in Vancouver because it, there was so much to do in Vancouver, right, that I didn't have time to get involved with any theater because there was, like, concerts all the time mm. and, and just stuff to do, right? So but in little towns, like I was in the Summerside PEI and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia, 
and both of those places I directed shows and I was in shows and it was fun. You know, little little communities, little community theaters, and yeah, it was a blast. Wow, that's. And did you keep little things from your travels as well? I just think thinking back to how meticulous you are with ticket stubs to concerts. Do you have little mementos from your travels as well? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Oh yeah, every newspaper article and and theater program and you know little notes from people that I met and. You know, people that I'm still friends with today. You know, yeah. So you, you know, you you pick up you pick up things and you pick up people along the way, right? And they say, because I work construction. So, for example, I was on the um, the Confederation Bridge job in PEI, right? And I met this gal, uh, Miss Linny, and you know that was like almost 30 years ago, and we are still like good friends. You know, we I went out there to see her. She came down here for our wedding, and you know they say if you, if you find if you find, like, a person that you're going to have in your life for the rest of your life, you know, on a job, that's very cool. So, yeah. in my travels, I have, you know, picked up some forever friends, right, as I say. <laughs> Did somebody yeah. just come in the room and give you a little little wink or something? Oh, yeah, uh, you just walked by and gave me a little wink. <laughs> Super cute. Your face just totally lit up when... Uh, when that interaction went down. That was super sweet. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> That's good. So we've already come to that point where we run the risk of my laptop going kaput. So I usually try to leave a few minutes at the end of the episode as a platform, a little spot for you to talk about anything that you, like an Etsy page or a side hustle or... <laughs> You know, a fundraiser, anything, anything at all that you might want to bring awareness to, the floor is yours. No, no, just, uh, oh, I really can't think of anything. Just, uh, instead, looking forward to, uh, you know, going to some more concerts and seeing some more theater and, you know, getting back into, you know, like the Brights Grove Music Festival was last weekend, first time in three years, and I just had a smile on my face all night. It's like seeing people you haven't seen. And it was just lovely to be, you know, have that little festival thing back, right? It was it was very nice. Yeah. But, of course, I had to before the end of it because it was getting too packed in there, yep. right? By, by 10, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, it's like, okay, it's getting a little too packed in here. So, <laughs> And I live right by the park in Brights Grove. So we just came back here and a couple friends came over. We sat in our backyard and we could hear the band perfectly. Oh, so, well, that's nice. It was kind of nice to actually listen to the band and not have that many people, ah. right? That's ideal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, well, yeah. well, thank you so much for, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. It was nice to get to know you a little bit better and spend this time together. Yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. It's been fun. We'll have to do that lunch I thing. Nervous. I was nervous at first, but you're awesome. Oh, so thank you. I'm and I think we need to go, like, I think you and I need to go out because we will be the two ladies laughing. For <laughs> I sure. Love that. I love that idea. Um, we'll have to definitely do that. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> okay, well, you're lovely as well, and I'm so grateful for your time. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, and you have a great weekend. You too, thank you. Okay, okay take care. You Talk to you soon. <laughs> That's so funny. So, oh, God. I'm cognizant of the time because I know you have to leave soon for work, so... Um, I will say the reason we're doing this little extra blurb is uh -huh. even though the two of us are a couple of dorks that love us a good spreadsheet, we forgot to talk about 
the spreadsheet you created for the theater. And I was looking at it just this morning um, in preparation for this call. And uh-huh. it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The It was funny because I think it was the cast tab was open when I opened the spreadsheet. And I immediately uh-huh. tried to find my name. And I, I was like, oh, I'm not even in here. And then I realized there were multiple tabs. It's not just one yeah. tab. There's the cast, yeah. the crew, the, let's see, shows and directors. Uh, it, it's beautiful. Yeah, festival awards. Yeah, I, think I, I think I added, what did I add? Oh, um, uh, orchestra. Uh, a tab for the orchestra, I think, is on there. Oh, maybe not on my because copy. Unless I sent you an older version, because, oh. yeah, I thought, is it on there? I can't see it, but, uh, okay. yeah, maybe it's just on a different version. Either way, yeah. I mean, I haven't had a lot of coffee yet this morning, so it could be an operator <laughs> issue. But I even noticed you've got, like, a sexy binder spine label thing going on here. Oh, yeah. And, like, morale. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because when we hosted a couple of the, um, like, WODL and Theatre Ontario, I printed a copy off and put it in the hospitality suite. If people wanted to flip through it oh, and look cool. and see, yeah. Selfishly so, yeah. for me, it's gonna make this show even easier because I'll have a reference point and more people to interview. Yeah, perfect. So what what prompted creating the spreadsheet? I mean, it's it couldn't have been easy. Well, so what happened probably about oh geez, probably about like thirty five years ago, I was laid up with sciatica. And I couldn't walk, I couldn't do anything, and I used to edit the stage truck, the newsletter, and I had a binder of all the old stage trucks back from, like, you know, when they they used to type it and then use this, like, the the crank Mimeo machine to print them, right? The purple ink machines. So I had a binder. I had all of these stage trucks, and I thought, well, wouldn't that be kind of cool to go back? So I hand wrote. Oh, my God. still have my handwritten notes. It's like, you know, probably about 20 pages. Um, and I wrote down, like, I just hand wrote the cast through this. And then uh, about probably about 15 years ago, I was between projects. So I thought, you know, and I was looking through some paperwork and I came across this and I thought, well, wouldn't this be fun to put in an Excel spreadsheet? So I just started plugging away and it took a while. It took a long time, but yeah, it's kind of my labor of love, and it's like a, you know, it's something that the theater will always have, right? And unfortunately, you know, during the pandemic in the last few years, we have lost a number of our members. And I would go into my spreadsheet and filter, you know, Anthony Fecalanza and John LaRue and Linda Agus and all those lovely people that we lost and shared the list of all the shows that they w- worked on with the Theater Sarnia group, right? So... And then people, you know, people sometimes will get a hold of me and say, hey, when did we do this show? Or who directed that show? And if anybody, you know, listening to this says, hey, I wonder about anything, they can just reach out to me and I will happily send them a list of what they are looking for. That's fantastic. It's, uh, it is truly, truly a sexy spreadsheet, if ever I saw one. <laughs> and I, I love me some spreadsheets, I'm telling you. I, I love me some spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I giggled when you said, wouldn't that be fun to to data enter into a spreadsheet? Because, like, if you were to speak to my work people, 
any excuse at the library to make a spreadsheet. I'm like, oh, do we need a spreadsheet? Should we make a spreadsheet? It's like, no, we don't need another flippant spreadsheet. So I share that. Uh... Share, you share the love, right? You share <laughs> yeah. the love. Data geeks unite, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, any any other details you want to share about the spreadsheet or any, any details in general? So if you have a few minutes. No, not really. Just as I said, if anybody is interested in you know, taking a peek at it, certainly I think the more people I share it with, you know, the the happier it makes me because probably about five or six years ago, I gave a copy to Brian and said, you know what, this is not doing me any good sitting on my computer. People should be have access to this information, right? So, Well, thank you very hmm. much for sharing it with me. Um, and like I said, it'll be a wealth of knowledge. I'll actually have something to prepare with before <laughs> interviews yeah say oh you remember when you played this part in this play in that year <laughs> they'll be like what <laughs> what how did, how you, did know? you know how did you know that you're magic, magic. <laughs> <laughs> okay kids that's all for this week thanks for listening next week's guest is music man chris molino see you then